Hello and welcome to Sabbath School Quarterly Commentary. This is your Pure Gold Commentary Podcast. And as the name suggests, this is a commentary. It's not a study guide. So grab your study guide if you're not driving or running while listening to us. My name is Morgan Vincent. And in this week's episode, we have Natasha Sua with us to discuss the theme of the New Testament hope. Tash, welcome. And thank you for joining me today. Good to be here. Good to be here, Morgan. Hey, so we've been going through really essentially the the whole story of of salvation and redemption and you know today we're we're really focusing in we've we've kind of journeyed through the old testament we're now you know anchored in in this resurrection hope of Jesus and now we're in this this time where we're going to look at the new testament hope and i don't know about you tash but all throughout the bible it's filled with hope you know, even from the moment that sin entered the world, there's hope. Um, even when people realize that, and I think this is something to to note, that even though not everything in life will necessarily go as we would have hoped or go as we would have liked, God is still doing something far greater and bigger. He, he's He's not working these micro miracles along the way. He's He's wanting to deal with the bigger problems, the problems of sin, the problems of death, and, and he has done that and he's doing that. And so for us today and, and for our listeners, we're focusing in on this New Testament hope and, and I guess really to, to center our thoughts and, and discussion for today, the main text for the week really, it, it look, it, and I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm rambling a little bit, but this verse on a personal note is one of my favorites. And, and it's in 1 John chapter 5, verse 11 and 12, and it says, and this is the testimony. It's like, well, what's this testimony? What is John testifying about? He goes on to say that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. And I just love how simple it is because if you have Jesus, and if Jesus has you, then you have life. And and with life comes all of the blessings, all of the gifts, all of the you know, the, the riches that are in Christ come in him, that one gift. So it's kind of like, you know, if you imagine a, you know, a train, right, with, you know, 10, 12, 20 carriages long, you get Jesus, right? He's in that first carriage. He's, he's seeing what's, what's going to, to, you know, come in the future, right? But with Jesus, you get everything else with him. And this is what it's saying. It's like, if you have the son, you have life. And it's not just any kind of temporal life, though we get that, but it's also the eternal life in, in Jesus as well. So, Tash, I want to throw it to you. Eternal life, life in Jesus. Um, how has a verse like this and, and the truth and the reality that in Jesus is life, how has that impacted and, and changed you and your life? It's definitely had a big impact. And um, this is another one of my favorite verses as well, in that in simply accepting what Jesus has in his life, we are able to then have eternal life. And, you know, sometimes we, we go through a lot of things and the day-to-day grind and we wonder, like, is this all that there is to life? But what Jesus offers is something so much more. And eternal life is not just uh, an eternity spent with, with God, but also removed of all the things that we've suffered with in life. And mm. so I don't know, there's, yeah, there's, there's hope and, and then some mm. when we think of, when we look at this verse. 
Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. And, and all throughout the, the New Testament, the writers are really, you know, they're, they're, they're bringing to, to view, um, you know, the, the holistic Hebrew Jewish perspective of, of a person. Um, that being that, you know, and, and we looked at this in, in previous weeks, whereas, you know, you imagine the world that they're in, you know, it's this, it's this very much, you know, Greco-Roman world where it's, it's influenced by Greek thinking, it's influenced by Roman thinking. Uh, but yet they're coming very, they're coming to that very much from a Jewish perspective. So it's kind of this, this kind of this jostling and, and these, these various ideas, but, but they were very much expressing it. And the Bible writers are very much expressing this new Testament hope. And, and, and as it unfolds, you know, we, we, we're going to come across some of our favorite verses, our favorite passages, the ones that, that we cling to. Um, and so this New Testament hope, it's a Christ-centered hope. And it's not only a hope for our mortal existence, but it will one day become an immortal one. Mm. And this is hope. Like, so so let, let's keep that in mind. So hope beyond this life. You know, when, when I think about this life, Tash, and for our listeners as well, you know, when we think about this life, uh, it's a time and chance thing. Some people seem to just go through life relatively carefree you know there's no major big kind of you know tragedies that happen in their life but yet for others it just seems like everything and anything comes their way but amidst all of this what jesus brings it brings to view is is there on the eve of his crucifixion he starts off and he says don't let your hearts be troubled don't let your hearts be troubled because, look, if you believe in God, believe also in me. And he goes on to elaborate and, and, and give these promises of hope that, you know, in my father's house are many mansions. He's like, I'm telling you this, like, if it were not so, I would not have told you, but I'm going to prepare a place for you so that when I come again, you can be with me. And so... This hope, this four-word phrase, I will come again, it was just reverberating in the minds and the hearts of, of you know, the early church and the disciples and the early apostles that was like, Jesus has promised to come again. This, the very same Jesus that we walked with and that talked with us and that we ate with and that we saw, you know, go through the trials he went through, the same Jesus who lived and died and rose again and has ascended to the right hand of God, he will come again. Um, Tash, how can this give us hope? Because let's be honest, 2000 years has passed from the time when Jesus said this to the disciples to now. So I realize a lot of time has passed, but I, I want to put it into like a practical perspective in that we haven't waited for 2000 years. I mean, I've only been alive for 30 something years. I've only been waiting for, for Jesus for 30 something years. Just to put a little bit of um, some practical perspective on that. And, and it's, it can seem like a long time. Yeah, for sure. But the reason why it doesn't seem like a long time, because there's trust in that promise. There's trust in uh, God's faithfulness that he will do what he said he was going to do and that he will come again. So whether that does happen in your lifetime or not, the, the time is actually irrelevant because you cling to the hope and you cling to that promise. Yeah. Mm, 
I like that. I like that because yeah, for, for us looking back, we're obviously like, oh, it's 2022, but so it's like, man, Jesus has taken so long, but yeah, it's, it's true. So, and this is where it really, you know, the, the state of a person in death is that they sleep, right? So that's the thing. If someone has lived 70 years, when they die, they are in that state of sleep, which means then you're right. They've only had 70 years of waiting. They haven't had 2000 years of waiting. That's a really good point. Um, something else that comes to mind and, and, and it's a really cool, cool thought that, that I've had for, for, for a little while now about this passage in John 14, Jesus, we know came from heaven to this earth. In other words, he, he kind of, he left his home to come to our home, right? And then he lives in our home, AKA this world. He lives in this home. He sleeps in this home. He, you know, eats in this home. He, he interacts in this home, this world. And then when he knows that it's not too much longer and he's going to be returning back to heaven, firstly, he gives this promise. He says, look, in my father's house are many mansions. In other words, I've come from heaven. I've come down to now your home, the home of these disciples. And then from there, he says, now I'm inviting you back to my real home and to the home that you were always meant to, to have, you know, this, this home, this environment where there's, where there's peace, where there's harmony, where there's, there's love and there's, there's kindness and there's faithfulness and there's no sin, there's no death. Like, don't let your hearts be troubled. Um, we can, you know, and so we can cling to, to this promise because even though we can look back and think, wow, 2000 years has passed for us, you're right. It's the life that we are now living. But then we have to keep in mind too, what, what, what is the essence of eternal life? You know, is eternal life, is, is it just, is it just like, is the focus on the eternal or is it on the life? That's a good question. Is it on the length of time or is it, or is it on the quality of time? It's on, it's on the quality of time. Well, it's a both end. Obviously, obviously it's eternal, right? But, but I think sometimes we can, we can focus more on the eternal side of it, which is important, but it's, it's also, it's the quality of life. Um, Tash, can, can you, well, I'm just going to share one or two thoughts, but if you can get. Get John seventeen three up, because um, this this is where we're going to go just now to to further expand this thought and develop this thought. Because for us, we can talk about eternal life, we can talk about Jesus coming, we can talk about this this New Testament hope that that He gave to the disciples. But John seventeen three, it tells us something about the essence of what it means to have the Son. Go for it, and it says. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So, what's eternal life? Eternal life is God. Well, eternal life here in, in this verse is knowing God or knowing Jesus. Mm. So then, what does it mean to know Jesus, Tash? What does it mean to know Jesus? Yeah. How do you, like, I know that you know Jesus, but. Wow. That's a good question. <laughs> hey, um, what is it? What is it to know Jesus? It's to know life. 
that's part of it, is to know life, to know hope, to know love. Because if Jesus is the incarnation of God, Jesus is the the the, the, the human version of God, I'm, I'm saying this a little bit wrong, but that's mm. okay. Um, then knowing knowing Jesus is knowing God and knowing love and knowing yeah what it is to be in relationship and what it is to to live a life that is about that and just yeah 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 I like that I like that you know and when we think of John seventeen three uh, I just want to bring up something here it says and this is life eternal that they may know you. And the word know is this Greek word, ginosko, right? Excuse my English, Australian way of saying ginosko. But it's literally this, you know, to know a person through direct and personal and intimate experience. And so the essence of eternal life is knowing God, knowing Jesus Christ. And, and we go on about this time and time again, you know, it's to have a relationship with God, but that is the essence of eternal life is to know him, to to know him in a very intimate, personal way through a direct personal experience. And coming back to the, to the main text we looked at in 1 John chapter 5, in verse 11, you know, it's, I just love this thought because it says God gave us eternal life in his son. You know, God just didn't, he didn't loan his son to say, okay, I'm loaning him to you for, for 33 years. No, 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 I'm giving you my son. Like, who knows what this earth is going to do to him? Who knows what the people on, on the earth are going to do to him? And, and, and we can read the gospel accounts of what people did to Jesus. But God gave his son. And Jesus now is giving us these words of hope that we read. And so whoever has the son, you know, it, it, it's, it's this, this right now in the present moment. Who has the son? So as you're listening to this, and as we, a little while earlier, were recording this, as you are having the sun, that's like right now, we can experience the essence of, of eternal life. It's pretty good. No, it's pretty good. And it's not waiting for something. It's happening right now. I love yeah. It. yeah. So, but then, Tash, I want to, want to throw something out to you as well. And, and it's, it's off script, but the now and not then. So it's like, we can experience eternal life now, but we're not quite there yet. Yeah. We haven't seen it in the full reality. How can we hold on to hope when the struggles of life are all around us? Yeah. That is a very good and practical question to ask and um, Ellen White says we have nothing to fear for the future except as we forget how we were led in the past and the future is uncertain and there is yeah there is this gap between what's happening now and what isn't fully realized because we're not yeah we're not perfect yet and so we haven't seen God's full glory yet but we can see how he's been leading in our lives mm. And yes, there are there are definitely struggles that we're going through, or we're in dark times, or there there's a mountain we're still climbing. But we can look back and see how God has been faithful. Mm -hmm. I like that too. You know, 
seeing how God has led and seeing how he's been faithful as well. Um, and I think as well on a very practical point, when we know, and, and this is the importance of knowing Jesus and having the son, because when we know him, it means that as we face the trials, as we face the struggles, and as we hold on to hope amidst a world where it just, everything is uncertain. And we know the heart and the character of the person who has made that promise. We can trust him because we know him. And it's like, okay, we, we can, we can see where he's leading. We can see where he's guiding. And even though, yeah, there's some mountains to, to go through, there's some some, some seas that we have to cross, like the same God who led the children of Israel in the past through many and varied situations. He's the same God that has led the, the, the Christian church throughout time. And I think this is something we can really, you know, take hold of and take heart of is that within revelation, you know, we, again, we see these promises, you know, Jesus, I will come again, you know, Time and again, the promise is given. I will come again. I will come again. You know, I'm the first and the last. I'm the Alpha and the Omega. So Jesus has promised this. And there within, whether it be the seven churches, whether it be the seven seals, whether it be the seven trumpets, we're seeing the, the, the faithfulness of God being with his people. He's being with his people through this. And so, you know, th this fills us with hope. And so for our listeners, you know, where, where you are in your, in your life and, and, and the time of life you find yourself in. This, this may sound cliche, but unless you can tell me of something better, we keep holding on to the words of Jesus. And I can't think of anything better. He's given us these promises. You know, do not let your heart be troubled. It may feel like your heart is only troubled, but that is where faith is our anchor because our feelings may come, our feelings may go, but, but when we can hold on to these promises that Jesus has given us of, of eternal life and of that now as well. Um, Tash, do you play the trumpet? I used to play the trombone. Trombone, trombone. Hey, let's kind of roll with it, but hey. <laughs> it's different to a trumpet, but it's... It is different. You know, when I hear trumpet play, it's loud at least one. Have you heard more than one trumpeteer? Trumpet player? Let's Trump go with trumpet trumpeter. Player. Trumpeter. Have you heard more than one trumpet player? Yes, I have. I was part of a brass band growing up, so. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, definitely. What did heard. you so, so you played the trombone? I played the euphonium and then I played the trombone. Wow. Okay. He's like, what's a euphonium? I don't know what a euphonium that's is. Okay. But hey, that's all right. We can we can roll with the trumpet. Yeah. The Church of Thessalonica in the New Testament, the early church of, of Thessalonica was given a promise by Paul amidst chaos, amidst all that was going on. Now he says this. What, firstly, Tash, what is the promise? But then also to how can we hold on to that in our lives today, because, you know, when we think about this, you know, the, the, the church in Thessalonica, they were convinced that eternal life would be granted 
exclusively to those who were alive at the second coming. So, so kind of keep that in mind as well, because they were thinking, hang on, Jesus is going to be coming. And we know that eternal life is only for those who will be alive when Jesus comes. But Paul says some words to them to give not just them hope and comfort, but also us today. So it says in 1 Thessalonians four thirteen to 18, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you, by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. Pause. Imagine this, and, and, and this is where, you know, we, when we understand the context and the insight that these Thessalonican believers, right, they were like, my auntie's died, my uncle's died, my grandparents have died, I'm never going to see them again. Because in their mind's eye, they were thinking, well, the promise of the second coming of Jesus in eternal life was, was only for those who were alive when Jesus came. So then that means that their, their, their loved ones who have passed away, they're like, this is the last time we'll ever see them. And so then that's why Paul jumps in and says what he says, that therefore, you know, the, the dead in Christ shall rise first. And they're like, what? Like the dead in Christ rise first. Like this would have filled them with so much hope. Sorry, keep, keep going. Just want to add that in just for some context. So in verse 16, it says, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. Mm. And comfort that would have been for them. You know, what is this, what does this passage mean to you, Tash? This passage is loud. Like, <laughs> yeah. When when Jesus comes back again, he wants everybody to know. Like he's making sure that everybody knows that he's coming back. That when when he comes, if there's a there's an archangel. There's trumpets. There's probably a whole band happening. But he, this noise, this racket, is to ensure that everybody can hear, everybody can see mm. that he is coming back in the way that he said he would. Yeah. And again, this is going back to when you know someone, you can trust them and you can, you know that they're faithful. And this passage again just reminds us of how faithful God is mm -hmm. to his word. Yeah. Comfort one another with these with these words. And you know, we 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 grieve. That's that's true. We grieve, but we don't grieve as people who have no hope. And this New Testament hope that that we've looked at today is centered not just on but in Christ and it's centered from Christ as well. You know, he, 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 his words are still very much alive and very much relevant for us, you know, as we read the Bible today to know that, that those who have died in Christ will be raised from the dead. And, and we who are alive and remain, we're not going to go before them, but as the dead in Christ rise first, we who are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet them in the air. And so it's just this beautiful, 
you know, reunion that's going to come. And, and, you know, time doesn't allow us to, 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 you know, look at what happens to, to those who aren't in Christ, but that, that, that's for another time in, in future weeks. But, but for us, it comes full circle back to the text that we started with. He who has the son has life and he who does not have the son of God does not have life. And so it's like, you know, to, to tease this out a little bit more, those who have either died in Christ or who will be alive and remain in Christ, they have the son. But those who aren't, well, they don't have the Son of God. So bringing this all full, full circle, this same hope, it can help us with confidence for those painful moments in life. And, and you know, we all go through these, these painful moments. You know, death, even though, even though Jesus has defeated death and defeated Satan, both death and Satan are not yet destroyed. Mm. They're defeated but not destroyed. And so again, we're in this, we're in this kind of this middle time, right? But we know that, that soon Jesus is going to come and, and Tash, putting, putting this to you, um, as we, as we bring it to a close, are there any, any kind of final, final thoughts, final, you know, encouragement or, or comment that you wanted to make? Um, one thing, sometimes these verses, we only use them at funerals, but I feel like they just, we need to look at these promises more often because we need to be reminded and it needs to be fresh and alive in our minds what, what God is going to do. And, and yes, the time is not yet, but the time is coming and to remain hopeful that Jesus is going to be faithful to his word. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this, this mystery that's going to happen that, you know, the, this mortal shall put on immortality and, and, and this, this, you know, earthly body, you know, it's going to be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. And, and Tash, I, I know you, you agree with this because, you know, we, we, we've spoken about, about this before, but what we see going on in the world around us and how we see you know, the gospel going, you know, to, to many and varied people around the world and to our, our listeners as well, not just I, not just Tash and I, but we all, we can almost hear the trumpet sounding. I, I'm more convinced of this than ever, that, that we can almost hear the trumpet of Jesus sounding. And that tells me that he's soon to come. And those promises, that promise, I will come again. It's like, we can almost hear the faint sound of that trumpet about to sound. And, and what a day it's going to be, you know, little children, you know, they're going to be, you know, kind of given back into their mother's arms. Friends that have long been separated by death, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be united. They're not going to be, you know, parting anymore. And there's going to be songs of gladness and, and we're going to be going up to, to the city of God to, to be with him. And it's just this incredible moment, this incredible time. And so for us, where we are in our lives, you know, may we remember this promise again. He who has the Son has life. The essence of eternal life is knowing God and Jesus Christ whom he sent, knowing in that personal, intimate, experiential way. And so for our, view, for our listeners and, and, and for us, Tash and, here, Tash and I here, we, we've been encouraged and, and want to encourage you to remember these promises. Uh, because the one who made them is faithful, faithful to keep them. 
And so, Tash, thanks for joining me and, and us here on, on, on this podcast today. And until next time. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like the conversation, tell your friends. You can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you are listening right now. Sabbath School Quarterly Commentary is a production of the Sabbath School Department of the North New South Wales Conference. This week's episode was produced by Henrique Felix and Morgan Vincent. That's it. We'll see you next week.